You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Carlos Carrasco got rocked on Sunday, leading to a loss against the Marlins. They failed to complete the series sweep. Going to discuss that game in the first segment today. In the second segment, I want to touch on Carrasco potentially moving to the bullpen, Francisco Alvarez's debut, and Starling Marte's injury in that game. Then we'll close the show in the final segment, preview what lies ahead, as the Mets are set to take on the San Diego Padres, the same team that eliminated them in the playoffs last year. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing, just baseball.com, where I work as a managing editor. It was a rough game for the Mets to close out their series against the Marlins. A good weekend overall. You take two or three, but you had an opportunity against a guy in Braxton Garrett who you shouldn't fear by any stretch of the imagination to sweep a series and to feel great about the Mets heading into a really big series against the Padres. And, you know, it's not to say the Mets need to sweep a series like that. Of course, it's early in the season, but coming off getting swept by the Brewers, that would have been a nice feather in the Mets cap for everyone to kind of hit the brakes on any early season panic. And unfortunately, you lose in the way that they lost, and Carlos Carrasco looks as bad as he does. And any concerns that fans had or pundits have comes back simply off a single loss. And that's where we get overreactionary, especially early in the season. This team's good. I'm not worried about it. But I am worried about Carlos Carrasco. So there could be different degrees of this, you know. As a team, am I worried the Mets got swept? Am I worried that, you know, they on the week went, you know, two and four? No, overall, I'm not worried about that. Am I worried that Carlos Carrasco has looked really bad his first two times out? Yes, I am, because he's a pitcher who is at that point in his career where he could go the other way. And that can happen quick for a guy where you can hit that that age where it just just tails off entirely. And we've seen velocity dips on him. We've seen him lose his changeup today, which is not a pitch that you would expect Carlos Carrasco to lose. And he gave up two three-run homers. And that was really the story of the game. First inning, three-run shot. Fifth inning, three-run shot. Going to be pretty hard to win games when you give up two separate three-run homers. And that's pretty much the ball game. I mean, we can get into, uh, you know, inning by inning what happened. But, you know, first inning... You're in a 3 nothing hole before you even step up to the plate. The Mets did score a run in the second inning, but even then, you know, they had opportunities that didn't quite capitalize on. Starling Marte, first inning, for one, Tommy Pham leading off is not a look I like, but regardless, he strikes out to, to start off the inning. Starling Marte doubles, steals third base. You got a run on third with one out. And Lindor and Alonzo both strike out. So that's frustrating. Not to mention the fact that Starling Marte comes out of the game with a neck injury. He really smashed his head hard into Gene Segura at third base diving in. And he's day-to-day. So hopefully 
it's not too bad, uh, but you never know with a neck injury. So we'll just see what happens for Marte. Uh, in his absence, the Mets will be searching for answers. We'll discuss that a little bit more down the line here. But you, know, you get that inning, right, where you, you didn't really capitalize on a great opportunity. And even though they scored in the second, they could have had more. Mark Canna gets a hit. Jeff McNeil doubles. So you got two runners in scoring position. Eduardo Escobar strikes out. Francisco Alvarez makes his 2023 debut and gets an RBI knock. But the way that he hit the ball, a line drive that was kind of softly hit where you weren't sure if it's going to hang up enough for Avisel Garcia's to, to come in on it. The runners had a hold for a little bit, and that stopped you from scoring two runs on the base hit. So they get one there. Tim LaCastro getting the start in left field. He strikes out. And then Tommy Fan grounds out, and you blew an opportunity to get another run in. And I do wonder how long uh, your leash is for some of these guys as this season goes on. You know, how much run does a Tommy Fan get? How much run does Tim LeCastro get where he's getting starts? I like LeCastro as a bench option, as a pinch runner. And I understand that you feel like you got to get him in the lineup at some point to keep him at least a little bit fresh when he does swing the bat. But I also saw Terrence Gore in this team, and I saw Travis Jankowski last year, and I kind of like that player not getting many at-bats and just kind of knowing that you're not going to get much from them offensively other than the the legs they bring to the bases when somebody else gets on on for them. But regardless, I digress. You know, the Mets lineup, you know, they had traffic again in the third, weren't able to do anything with it. I mean, this is just a team that, isn't quite getting the clutch hit consistently enough yet, but it's so early I'm not going to harp on it. It's just something that can be frustrating when you're watching this team day in, day out. But again, ultimately, all the analysis you want to put into it, you want to look at a lineup that only scored two runs, although they did get nine hits, the Mets did. To me, it, it continues to come back to the, the overriding story of the day is that Carlos Carrasco has just not looked good. Doesn't get out of the fifth, gives up six hits, walks three, only struck out one. He does not have swing and miss stuff right now in the slightest. In his two starts now, here's a guy that has given up, you know, 11 runs altogether. I mean, 11 runs and eight and two thirds, seven walks to five strikeouts. That's abysmal. That is not, oh, he just needs to feel it out. That's a guy that's searching for answers. And how quickly can he find those answers is a massive question mark for this Mets team. Because if he doesn't soon, you do have to wonder at what point do you consider going in another direction. So I want to discuss that in a minute. I also want to touch on Alvarez's debut, Marte's situation. So we're going to get to all of those things a little bit more in detail in just a minute. But before we do... Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. If you want to be a general manager, if that's been a dream of yours, you want to live that out, now you can with Ultimate Baseball GM. This is the mobile game which makes it so much fun because you can play it literally everywhere and you can manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through a season, lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring your coaches and staff, managing your finances, scouting and drafting players, managing difficult personalities, navigating your franchise through free agency, and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want, when you want, 
Once downloaded, you don't need Wi-Fi to play. It's all there for you. And at play, Locked On Mets listeners are going to get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure you check it out. To download the game, just visit ProBaseballGM.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's ProBaseballGM.com. Check out Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rocket Money. Haven't you heard this before? Try it free for 30 days. All you need is that little bit of time to see if you like it. Well, guess what? Then you completely forget about it. And now, all of a sudden, you're paying this every month and you don't even realize it. In fact, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forget about. You could be wasting money and not even realizing it, and that's where Rocket Money comes in to help you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for ones you don't use. Do you know how much subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think it's around $80 a month for them, but in reality, the actual cost is closer to $200 on average. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending, you need to use Rocket Money. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average of $720 a year per person. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb, rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb. So how long is the leash on a Carlos Carrasco who just looks awful to start this season? And I mean, yes, the first start came against the Brewers, but couldn't get anything going against this Marlins team, couldn't get you know, Avisel Garcia to strike out multiple cut times. I mean, there are hitters in this lineup that should swing and miss, and he wasn't getting those swings and misses. And that leads you to wonder how long will he remain because Tyler McGill is throwing the ball well. I mean, are you really going to look at Tyler McGill if Justin Verlander is ready to come back in a week and Carrasco goes out and has another stinker and McGill's good again and you're going to just take the ball out of McGill's hands because he has options? I don't know if you can really do that. I mean, at a certain point, I understand trusting the veteran pitcher to figure it out. And I'm not saying that Carlos Carrasco is just completely done and could never be an effective starting pitcher again in his career because he had two bad starts you know, at the beginning of a season. But it doesn't look good. And at his age, you do have to wonder how much is in the tank. I do also believe that Carlos Carrasco is a guy that you know, has, at times in the past with uh, you know, formerly the Indians, now the Guardians, when he was with them in the, his first stop in his career, he did a little bit of coming out of the pen at times. So I don't think it's completely foreign to him. I think Carlos Carrasco might end up being the best long man this team could have this year where you throw him out there to wear it. That's the thing about a long man. It really doesn't matter what the ERA is. So if your team starts off and whatever happens, let's just say, he had McGill in the rotation, and he gets knocked around. Man, that would be horrible if you're Carrasco. You're thinking, I should have been the guy starting. He can then come in, though, and give you three innings and save the bullpen. So I, I do think that's a role the Mets need to fill. They haven't replaced Trevor Williams. And I'm not saying that Carrasco has to be that guy, but right now if I'm bumping one of the five starters from this rotation for Justin Verlander, it's Carrasco at the moment. So we'll see how that holds up over time. Now, Francisco Alvarez made his debut, got a clutch RBI knock, had a couple of instances where he struck out, so that's not great. 
Overall, I'd say the at-bats weren't incredible, but, you know, I, I still think that we know that the offensive potential is so immense that you got to run him out there, in my opinion, as much as possible. Um, now, with Buck Showalter, how much will he actually get out there uh, could be put into question because he is going to lean into Nito as a starting catcher, and I don't ever really fully understand some of the decisions they make with the starting lineup. So I can't say for sure we're going to see Alvarez four times a week, but I can tell you I think he should be out there. And I don't think the catching was bad. Yes, the Marlins sort of ran all over him. They were five for five, but a lot of those bases were stolen on the pitcher. He had one pop time to second at 1.88 seconds. That is uh, an elite pop time. So I think that you know his, his throws could have been more accurate. He airmailed one, but I believe he's going to be okay with the arm. We saw him frame some pitches well, and if those are the two major components right, other than if you want to blame what happened with Carrasco on the home runs, which I wouldn't on him, the veteran pitchers can call their own games. If he's framing pitches well and he's controlling the running game, he's fine defensively. So I thought first start out, not bad at all defensively. I thought... You know, he came through in his first opportunity for an RBI. That's big. Let's see him play a little bit more because I think there is so much upside that can be tapped into. The final thing from this game before we get into a series preview. Starling Marte, day-to-day. Hopefully this does not turn into an IL stint because if it does, this Mets team is not really prepared for it as far as what's on their roster. You're moving Jeff McNeil to right field. It's basically the best you can do. Now, Tommy Pham probably gets some run as well, uh, but I think... More likely than not, you would see Guillaume starting at second and McNeil and right. And Guillaume and Lindor turn an exceptional double play today. I think that helps you win baseball games, having those two up the middle. And Jeff McNeil defensively, he's not Marte out there, but he's certainly well past or well passable. He's above average. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. Jeez. Uh, but with McNeil, Nemo, Canna, your outfield's okay, but overall it does just take a step back as far as not having the impact player that Marte is out there, and then it also in turn hurts your your infield a little bit, not having McNeil at second base and having that bat in the lineup in the infield. So they're going to hope that, that Marte comes back soon. They need him to. Uh, if this turns into a lingering thing, I, I don't know where you go because you don't really have that option in the minor leagues when it comes to the outfield. I don't know if Brett Beatty's suddenly going to be your left fielder. I don't think they're going to go that route. So, uh, you know, all of a sudden, maybe if he did need an IL stint, it's Danny Mendick would be my guess. And you're trying to do some type of a, I guess, platoon at second with Guillaume and Mendick um, and McNeil in right field every day. The options aren't great if really any of their outfielders go out. So that's also why I'd like to see Ronnie Mauricio get some run in the outfield this season because he's hitting the ball pretty well, and I think that could be a nice little home for him. Uh, but I digress on that one. You know, We'll see how these prospects ultimately filter in and help out this team. Uh, overall, though, the rest of the guys have to continue to step up, and I think we've seen enough positive at-bats and signs from guys like Alonzo Lindor, um, even Escobar home running the other day where you feel like they're going to figure this thing out a little bit. And it's a big series against the Padres to show how good you can be. So we're going to get to that in a minute because that's really going to be a fun one. I'll preview what lies ahead before we do, though. 
Our new sponsor, SoRare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, SoRare managers truly own their fantasy experience collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn if you want to try it out today. That's spelled SoRare, S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that is so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. The last time the New York Mets met the San Diego Padres, it was in the wild card round of the playoffs where the Padres traveled into City Field and took two of three. Now the Mets can get a little bit of revenge here, and that is a big test for this team early on to show some resolve, to show some fight, to go up and beat this Padres team 2-3. And they got the right guy on the mound to do it in Game 1. I know he has a 6.35 ERA right now, but Max Scherzer is going to pitch better than that. Uh, He's going to remember what the Padres did to him in the playoffs, and I'm hoping for a vintage Scherzer game here going up against you, Darvish. Did they match up in Game 1 last year? I believe they did. Darvish got the better of the Mets, so some of these hitters might remember that. This year, he's got a 1.80 ERA to start. He is just aging like a fine wine. Tough matchup for this Mets team. Uh, With Marte potentially out, I wonder what the lineup is against the right-hander. Pry McNeil in right with Nimmo, and I would assume... Canna in left, likely going to be Escobar and Yorma starting in the infield alongside of your everyday guys of Lindor and Alonso. So obviously that would mean Escobar at third, Yorma at second, and probably Nito behind the dish with Vogelback at DH. So uh, it's your typical Mets lineup, but potentially, almost definitely, I should say, actually, minus Marte. Um, and, you know, we'll see what they can do here against a really good pitcher. Now, game two is going to be Ryan Weathers against David Peterson. The Mets just continue to face left-handed pitching. Weathers on the season sitting with a 3-6-0 ERA. Uh, He made one start, five innings pitched, gave up two runs, had two strikeouts, one walk for his career Ryan Weathers has a 5.40 ERA. 2021, he pitched to a 5.32 ERA over 94 and two-thirds last year. Only made one start. Uh, you know He's in there because you don't have a guy like Joe Musgrove. You should be able to hit Ryan Weathers. You really should. So hopefully the Mets can win that one. And then the third game of this series, you don't have a, a pitcher declared yet. I also actually should mention, tough matchup for Peterson on the other side of that, though. Uh, you know, left-hander going up against a team that you know has Xander Bogarts, that has Manny Machado, that has Jake Cronenworth, uh, a lot of right-handed bats in that lineup uh, that could 
go up and, and really do some damage on Peterson. But uh, as anyone who's listened to this show knows, I got the utmost faith in Peterson. Hope he turns in a good start. Now, the final game, we don't know who's starting for San Diego, but Tyler McGill will be on the mound against this Padres lineup. So really, if you're looking at the series and try to forecast it, the, the toughest game to win for the Mets as far as who's pitching on the other side is you Darvish. But you got Scherzer going in that one, which is the right time to have them. You really want to win that one and hope that one of the younger guys, Peterson and McGill, can get a victory against a Padres team that is going to be very tough to face offensively. Last little note on the Padres before we close out this show. You remember a guy by the name of Seth Lugo? Kind of a big part of the Mets' bullpen. He is having an incredible time transitioning as a starting pitcher for the Padres. Who would have thunk it? First time out against the Rockies. Seven innings pitched, four hits allowed. He gives up one earned run, no walks, seven strikeouts. Against the Braves today on Sunday, six innings pitched, five hits allowed, four walks, but he somehow navigates the traffic to only give up one earned run, Five strikeouts on this season now. 13 innings pitched, 12 strikeouts. He has a 1-3-8 ERA and a whip of exactly one, so he's giving up one base runner per inning pitched. He's 2-0. Seth freaking Lugo. Good for him, man, honestly. I don't think he ever would have got that opportunity in a Mets uniform, but it's funny because we could look up at a month and be like, man, Seth Lugo would be the number four on this Mets team. Um, or even number three, depending on injuries. I mean, I still imagine that Verlander comes back. There's no chance that you'd won him over Scherzer, Verlander, or Kodai Senga. But if Lugo keeps pitching well, uh, he's going to be able to say, I told you so, to this franchise for never really giving him that chance to start. Although I do believe um, that over the, the larger sample size, the Mets didn't really do him wrong. They needed him in the pen and... They always had kind of better options, but uh, good for Lugo, man. Good for him for sticking to his guns on wanting to be a starting pitcher and exercising his right as a free agent to find a team that give him the opportunity. And for a staff that has a crowded rotation, uh, I mean, I know with Musgrove out right now, it's not crowded, but when you get Musgrove back, when you have Snell, when you have Darvish, when you bring in a Michael Waka and there's Nick Martinez and all these guys trying to factor into the mix, Lugo is pitching himself into uh, being a mainstay in that rotation, and I honestly am rooting for him to do that, to, to have a big season, and to go get paid next year because he can opt out of that contract and get a real starting pitcher salary over potentially a two- or three-year deal still. So good for Seth, man. Anyway, going to be a fun series to watch. I'll be breaking down everything from Game 1, Scherzer versus Darvish on tomorrow's show. Make sure you follow, rate, and review so you don't miss it. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets. First listen every day. Now, for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. They're going to keep you up to date with everything you need to know so you can win your league this year. Check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.